Texas Media Days were yesterday. Your favorite coaches said things. I'll react to those things that they said on today's episode of Locked on Longhorns. You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked On Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns, we are reacting to Texas media days yesterday in the first segment. Steve Sarkeesian's quotes, my favorite quotes from Steve Sarkeesian and my reaction to those quotes. The second segment, we're going Kyle Flood and Pete Kukowski. And in the third and final segment, we're talking Jeff Banks. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Longhorns part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're watching the show on YouTube and you enjoy the show, please like and please subscribe. I'm thankful for all the support on audio and video for the rest of the month in August as we lead up to football season. I will be reacting to the fall camp slash training camp updates we get on the show. I'll also be trying to go back and watch some of the games from last year. I might not get to all 13, but I'm going to watch a good amount of the games from last year and come on here and react to them on the show. You know, what I thought about the game last year, what I think now after rewatching it, and what can we take away from those games last year that might help us in 2023. So that's what the rest of August looks like before we get into the season. I will be coming to you with 19 shows a month from now until June. So for better or worse, you're going to be hearing a lot more of me on Locked On Longhorn. So like I said, Texas Media Days was yesterday. Uh, the first day of fall camp slash training camp starts today. Very excited that we're about a month away from the football season, a month away from playing JT Daniels and Rice in DKR. So like I said in the first segment, I'm going to read my favorite quotes from Steve Sarkeesian yesterday and react to those quotes starting now. So the first quote is, I don't think we have to win one specific way every Saturday. I think we're very diversified. We're not one dimensional. And depending on how games go, because every game takes on a personality itself, I think we're very well equipped to go win different styles of games, which I think as a championship team, that's what you have to have. And I completely agree. And I'm not going to read the questions on these, just the quotes. But I completely agree. And when you look at last year, that was the case, right? You weren't a championship team, but you had to find a way to win different games. You found yourself involved in different types of games over the course of your 13 game season right you beat kansas by 41 points you beat oklahoma by 49 points those were games in which you did not have to sweat at all and the game was essentially over in the first quarter you had two games in which you dealt with some adversity that's going to happen this year how do you respond to it you trailed baylor in the fourth quarter you ended up winning that game by 11 that's resiliency you trailed utsa by 10 points 17 to 7 after losing to bama the week before you ended up beating them by 21 points. That's resiliency. If you find yourself in that situation this season, how do you respond to it? Hopefully like a championship team would. And then there's two games last year that you were leading at halftime, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, both on the road. You found a way to lose those games. So in 2023, if you're in that scenario where you have a halftime lead, can this coaching staff and this team find a way to secure that lead throughout the remainder of the game? If they can, then this is a team that surely should win the Big 12 championship. So that was my first quote that I love from Steve Sarkeesian. The second one on roster construction. I feel comfortable with our roster. I think we're plenty talented enough, but there's a lot of good football players on our team. I think there's a nice mix 
of veteran players on our team to go along with youth and excitement. Historically, I haven't been able to say that. Ultimately, I like the leadership on this team, which is obviously very important as well, because we're going to get faced with adversity just like every other football team does. I love this quote. And we've talked so much about the talent on this team. This may be the most talented team since 2009, the Mac Brown days, right? But I really love the facets and the experience on this team, right? And we know that just in college sports now, you have so many older athletes, the COVID year, red shirt years, all of that, you know, people playing in their fifth and sixth years. Experience matters and experience wins in college football. And what I love about this team is you have experience and valuable players that were here before Steve Sarkeesian and his staff even got here, right? Christian Jones, Jake Majors, Jordan Whittington, Tavondre Sweat, Jalen Ford, and Jaron Thompson will all have big roles on this team in the 2023 season, right? They came before Sark. And you're talking about players that Sark has brought in in the 2022 class in terms of the transfer portal and the recruiting class, Kelvin Banks, you know, Cole Hudson, DJ Campbell, Quinn Ewers, Ryan Watts, you know, Terrence Brooks, players like that, like that should have a huge impact on this football team this year. And then you talk about the future, the 2023 class, and then, you know, moving forward, the 2024 class. But that 2023 class is one of the most talented recruiting classes I have ever seen in college football. And we really don't have to rely on any of them in a significant role this year. I know Cedric Baxter may be the second or third running back. He'll get a lot of touches, but that's really it, right? Jontae Cook probably will be our fifth receiver. We don't need him on a game-to-game basis. Anthony Hill will start for most teams in the country as a true freshman. They're talking about bringing him in as a third down specialist. Malik Muhammad, Derek Williams, the list goes on and on. These are players we can bring along slowly that just speaks to the roster construction the development and the level of talent on this team where the majority 98 percent of the 2023 class will be sitting back and developing this year that is crazy but it speaks to the level of talent on this texas team quite possibly the most talented texas team in over a decade the third quote from steve sarkeesian talked about the wide receiver room and we know that in 2021 the wide receiver room was a problem it was either xavier worthy or throats of the running backs right and it improved a little bit in 2022, but it still wasn't where we thought it should be, right? It was Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, or Bust. And then you had JT Sanders and the running backs, but in a Steve Sarkeesian offense and a wide receiver room as talented as we had, you should be able to identify a third wide receiver that can make plays for this Texas football team. We saw Brennan Thompson catch one pass against Oklahoma State and then never get utilized again. He ends up transferring they underutilized Savion Red so much he cussed out Brendan Marion in the Oklahoma State game, right? Of course, you had a Jai Hall and what happened with that. Isaiah Nayor tears his ACL. So we went into the season with a very talented wide receiver room, but we did not have a very talented wide receiver room or we didn't produce like one throughout the season. Steve Sarkeesian says now that we're going to have a four to five man rotation at the wide receiver position that may adjust some a little for us this fall, especially early in the season until we can figure out what guys are capable of and what that looks like. My plan is to probably play a few more than we have in the past, but that remains to be seen. I've got a month to try to figure that out before we get to it. I think it's absolutely pertinent that we have a four to five man wide receiver rotation this year. We know and we expect that this team is going to pass the ball a lot more than they did last season. You're losing B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson, so that would make sense. And we've known Steve Sarkeesian offenses for being high-flying, but specifically in the passing attack, right? They've been good rushing offenses as well, but their bread and butter is the passing attack, right? Creating mismatches, throwing the ball deep down the field and kind of spraying the ball all over the defense, right? In all areas of the field. And we weren't able to do that consistently last year or the year before now you feel like you have the wide receiver room that is capable of that 
Steve Sarkeesian said in media days yesterday, Isaiah Nayor is 100% healthy and ready to go. This entire team is 100% healthy and ready to go. And when you have a top five, like Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington, A.D. Mitchell, Isaiah Nayor, and John Cook, you have to find a way to get the ball in all of their hands, and you have to find a way to utilize all five of those receivers consistently against defenses throughout the course of the season. If you can do that, this will be one of the best passing offenses in the country next year. And I'll take it a step further and say this will be one of the best teams in the country next year, the Texas Longhorns. And the fourth and final quote from Steve Sarkeesian in this first segment, when we're at our best, we do throw the ball really well. There's games when the run sets up the pass and there are games where the pass sets up the run game predicated on the opponent and the game plan of what we're trying to accomplish. There's going to be plenty of moments where we throw the ball more than we did a year ago or even our first year here. And we know the game plan last year was heavy personnel and run the ball and try to set up the pass outside of that. And it made sense. You had the Dope Walker Award winner at running back, Roshan Johnson at running back. You had a young quarterback who was kind of coming along. We know that, you know, Steve Sarkeesian's system is very complex and a lot of times takes quarterbacks multiple years to master and play in at a high level. So you wanted to for the most part last year, run the ball to set up the pass and try to win that way. This year, they're going to throw the ball a lot more. And that's when Steve Sarkeesian has had his most success, right? When we're talking about Steve Sarkeesian as an offensive mind and a play caller, that 2020 Alabama team always comes to mind. If you look at that 2020 Alabama team, they were third in passing that year in the country at 358 yards per game. And they went undefeated, right? When you look at 2022 Texas last year, we were 56th in passing compared to third for the 2020 Bama team at 241 yards per game so we averaged 117 yards per game less passing than the 2020 Alabama team obviously we don't have to get to 358 yards per game to win the big 12 I don't think we'll pass for 358 yards per game but 241 yards per game in terms of passing will not cut it right there's a big difference between an eight win team that was 56th in passing and a 13 win team national championship team that was third in passing that season so we were at 241 yards per game last year I think if we can get that up to 275 280 yards per game you're looking at one of the best passing offenses in the country and certainly a team that should win the big 12 in December and in terms of rushing we don't need this rushing offense to be elite to be effective under Steve Sarkeesian because that same 2020 Alabama offense which is regarded as one of the best in the last decade 20 years in college football they were only 47th in rushing to put that in perspective, the 2022 Texas team last year was 36th in rushing and averaged more games, excuse me, more rushing yards per game than the 2020 Alabama team did that won five more games and won a national championship. So as long as we are a good rushing offense and we are an elite passing offense, Texas can reach all of their goals this year, right? But we don't have to be elite in terms of rushing, which helps when you lose B. Sean Robinson and Roshan Johnson, as long as that passing offense is hitting on all cylinders every week. And with the talent we have on that side of the ball and Steve Sarkeesian calling plays, there's no doubt in my mind that it will be. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're getting into some of the quotes from Kyle Flood and Pete Kukowski. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So head on over to LinkedIn Jobs right now if you want to find qualified candidates that you can talk to faster and for free. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollars. That's LinkedIn.com. 
slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, you know we had to do the big dog, Steve Sarkeesian, the leader of our football team first. But, you know, I thought Kyle Flood and Pekakowski had some really good quotes as well. And, of course, we'll get into Jeff Banks in the third segment. But the first quote I want to react to from Kyle Flood, only two of them for Kyle Flood, is I feel like we've got eight guys right now that we can win major college football games with. And he's referring to the offensive line. And we know that there's still going to be some heavy competition on that offensive line going into the season. Uh, he talked about, you know, players like Connor Robertson and uh, Cole Hudson competing with Jake Majors at the center position. Um, and then also players like Jaden Chapman. I can't remember the other one who are working at the center position as well. So there could be some, you know, change ups in the last month of the season heading into September. But if we have eight guys that he's comfortable with at the college football level that he thinks we can win games with at the college football level, I would have to believe those eight are Kelvin Banks, Hayden Connor, Jake Majors, Cole Hudson, Christian Jones, Cam Williams, DJ Campbell, and Big Nito. And I think this is a really good eight. And I think that the offensive line looks promising, right? Because you have your five starters, you know, that you're returning from last season. If they end up being starters again, you have Cam Williams, who can be your swing tackle. I think he could step in and take over for Christian Jones at right tackle if he needs to. If something were to happen to Kelvin Banks, of course, we knock on wood every time. That's a very talented brother. Then I think you could slip Christian Jones over to left tackle and put Cam Williams in at right tackle and still be very effective. DJ Campbell, I mean, we know, I've said it a million times on this podcast, you know, I would have liked to see it by now, you know, but he's going into his true sophomore year. But this was the highest ranked recruit in our 2022 class, ranked higher than Kelvin Banks for what it's worth, right? So, Regardless, you have a five-star talent either starting or on the bench, ready to come in if need be. And then Big Nito, I think he could step in for Hayden Connor if need be as well. So you have eight really talented players on this offensive line that should be able to come in and make some plays for this Texas football team. I'm excited about that, and it seems like Kyle Flood is excited about that as well. The second quote from Kyle Flood we'll be discussing is, I think we've had good production in the run game for two years. When you look at our offensive line, we need to play with a more consistent level in the interior of our offensive line. And the last two years, you've had B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. Now, this running back room is no slouch with Cedric Baxter, Jaden Blue, and Jonathan Brooks headlining it. But I'm just going to you know, go on a limb and say nothing to him or B. John Robinson, right? He was a special player. But I think for this running game to be effective and for us to have an elite passing offense that starts to rival what we saw at Alabama from Steve Sarkeesian, then the interior of the offensive line does have to play better. You know, I thought Christian Jones and Kelvin Banks more than held their own at the tackle positions. And I thought we saw flashes from Jake Majors, uh, Hayden Connor and Cole Hudson, and even DJ Campbell in the 100 plus snaps that he played. But I think we could see a lot more consistency from all three of those players, whoever starts at those interior offensive line positions and the offense will be better for it if we can see some development from Jake Majors, Cole Hudson, DJ Campbell, and Hayden Connor. So, you know, that's one of the concerns for me going into this season, but I think they'll be a lot better. And hopefully training camp, you know, will be the final touch to getting those players where Kyle Flood wants them to be. Now we're moving on to Pete Kukowski, and this is about Jalen Catalan specifically. And I think that he is one of the wild cards on this team because I think we'll be a really good team regardless. I think we'll be a 10-win team competing for a Big 12 championship team regardless. But I think he's a ceiling raiser, right? Especially right now on this team, he's a leader and somebody who has played at the highest level in the SEC and gotten rewarded for it in terms of all SEC safety. But I've said that, you know, I think that Keaton Crawford and Michael Taff and all of those players behind them are 
serviceable players, but they're not Jalen Catalan, right? I think Anthony Cook was really good last year. He's not Jalen Catalan, right? There's no disrespect to any of those players I just mentioned. It's just praise for Jalen Catalan. He is a ceiling raiser. And I think you're talking about one of the best defenses in the country if you can get 10-plus games from Jalen Catalan. If not, I think you're talking about a good to great defense, but I think they could, you know, flirt with elite if Jalen Catalan is back there. Like I said, a former all-SEC safety. So he could really bring a lot to this defense, and Pete Kukowski explained that at Texas Media Days yesterday. I don't expect him to play any differently due to injuries. You're wired the way that you're wired. The guy's aggressive. He's very vocal with this communication, which you need, especially at the safety position. He's a guy that loves ball and is all in. We don't talk about it enough, but Jalen Catalan and Jaron Thompson, how many safety combos in the country are better than what we have at that position? And I love what you hear about both of them. Communication and leadership. That's huge for this defense. Next quote, Pete Kukowski says, Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke, and Jamon Tat are in the mix at Buck, as are Colton Bassick and Billy Walton. Between Ethan, Justice, Jamon, and those two guys, we feel like we've got guys with ability. We have some inside backers that have pass rush ability. We need to find out what they're all about with Anthony Hill, Darion Gallette, and Cecily Arcana. I put this quote on here to react to on the show, but I didn't necessarily love this quote. And the reason I say I don't necessarily love this quote is because we know that Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are locked in on the inside. We know that Baron Sorrell is locked in on the other side, right? Nobody asked Pete Kukowski at uh, Texas Media Days who's going to be playing at the jack position, right? Because we know Baron Sorrell is going to be there. And when we're talking about the buck position, we've heard kind of all offseason that maybe it would be Ethan Berg or Justice Finkley. And we know that we didn't have a guy there, but you felt like you had maybe two guys that could give you enough production, right? Enough production to have a consistent pass rush and be a really good unit on defense. But now you're talking about five guys, possibly eight that you're going to rotate at the position. That means you don't have a guy at all, right? And the best defenses, I've always said, can get pressure with four. And we saw last year that this was a team that had to blitz a lot, right? Now, we got a lot of pressures, but it didn't necessarily translate to sacks because we didn't get a ton of production from Ovia Gofu. I thought he was solid over there. Justice Finkley was solid over there, but we didn't have a guy. We didn't have anybody that could really threaten, I guess, what would be that right side of the opposing offensive line, right? And so now when you look at it coming into the season, a month away from the season, you would think it would be narrowed down a little bit more, right? You would think, oh, okay, we have identified these two players ahead of the rest of the pack as our, you know, defensive end by committee at the buck position. We're talking about eight different players, you know, providing value at that position a month away from the season. To me, that means we don't have anybody, right? And that's not to say Justice Finkley, Ethan Burke, Jamon Tapp, all of those players aren't anybody, right? because they're obviously very talented players that can make an impact on this Texas football team. But if one or two of them had stood out already, will we be talking about eight players in rotation, right? Are we talking about eight players in rotation on Baron Sorrell's side? No. So I think that's a little concerning. Hopefully, you know, they have another month to figure it out. Hopefully we can identify two to three players that will be in a consistent rotation at that position and not just sound like we're throwing stuff against the wall and hoping it sticks. Cause that's what Pete Kukowski sounds like right now talking about eight different players that can rush the passer opposite Baron Sorrell, which is crazy. The next quote is about Anthony Hill. He just has a knack for finding the ball. He's got some good players in front of him, so he's going to be able to learn, not be thrown into the heat of things. He's going to be able to learn piecemeal. Then for us as coaches, it's finding that role for him where, like I mentioned earlier, maybe it's on third down, passing situations where we can get him involved, coming off the edge or blitzing, 
playing to his skill set. I've said a million times on here, I am bullish. I'm Anthony Hill. How could you not be? I think he's a future SEC defensive player of the year. And as I said in the first segment, it is such it is such a blessing that a player that ended up, I think, 17th overall in the country, either the number one or number two linebacker in the country, they changed the rankings so much that it's hard to keep up with them does not have to be a starter and can be a rotational piece on this Texas football team. If there are 131 FBS teams, division one FBS teams, Anthony Hill right now would start on over 75 of them easily. And he's going to be a third down situational pass rusher, situational blitzer and rotation piece for us. That is how talented this Texas football team is. And it is such a luxury to have, because like I said, that is a future sec defensive player of the year waiting in the wings. One of my favorite freshmen love Anthony Hill. And one of my other favorite freshmen who I think is very under the radar right now is Derek Williams. Very active. He's awesome with his ability to pick up the defense. Safeties have a lot on their plate when it comes with what they do and the communication they have to get to the linebackers and corners. He's coming along nicely. He's got the range and nastiness. He's a violent player who throws his body around. He's going to be another guy who's going to be on teams a lot, special teams then we'll find and pick and choose our spots to get him in on defense. Another luxury, a top 70 player in the country will be a special teamer for Texas this year. And I think he's a starting safety when we get to the SEC next season. The last quote from Pete Kukowski is about turnovers. And he said that's going to be the focus this year, right? Third downs, fourth downs, and turnovers. This team forced 14 turnovers last year but had 21 missed opportunities. With sacks, he mentioned the team tallied 27 last year but we missed like 13 and these turnovers, these missed sacks and missed turnovers. These are huge plays that change games and they change seasons, right? Last year, uh, you know, speaking to the missed opportunities, uh, Terrence Brooks drops a pick six against Washington, right? That's a game we lose by seven. That play could have tied it up. Maybe we win that game. If he catches that pick six and takes it into the end zone, we had a missed sack against Bryce Young with Ryan Watts. That's a game we lost by one point. Maybe we win, if Bryce Young doesn't make a heroic play, right? Deshaun Jamison, oh my gosh, Deshaun Jamison dropped an interception against Alabama, right? He would have caught that ball on their side of the field. Maybe that's a you know a, a, a game we win if we he catches that interception and we score, right? In a game we lost by one. So you know, Pekakowski absolutely hit the nail on the head. You cannot have missed turnover opportunities. You cannot have missed sack opportunities because you'll be spending time at the end of the season saying, what if, right? If Texas wants to win a Big 12 championship, they got to catch those interceptions, scoop those fumbles, and get to the quarterback when they get to the quarterback. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're ending today's show with quotes from Jeff Banks. All right, so Jeff Banks, uh, special teams coordinator, also tight ends coach. Uh, the first quote I pulled, he's talking about JT Sanders. He says, you like his odds when the ball's up in the air 50-50. He might have less catches, but he might have more yards and more touchdowns. And there's more mouths to feed on this team this year. You know, last year we had a two-man wide receiver rotation. Right now, Sark is saying we'll have four to five, right? We used three running backs last year. It's probably closer to four, maybe five this season. And then they're even talking about Gunnar Helm getting more opportunity than he did last season. So I think JT Sanders might have less catches and less targets, but when he does get the ball, especially with everybody around him, he'll probably have more yards. I think we'll utilize him down the field a lot more. And definitely when you get into the red zone, I think AD Mitchell and JT Sanders have to be your number one target. So I completely agree with Jeff Banks that he may have less catches than last season, but I think he's going to make more big catches down the field and he's going to have more touchdowns because he'll be utilized in the red zone a lot more and he's a mismatch every time you get down there 
Keelan Robinson, one of my favorite players on the team, somebody that just does the dirty work, right? He continually gets passed over in the running back room, and all he does is go out there and play hard and play on special teams, right? And, you know, they talked about Keelan Robinson, and he said he's a lead at it. You know, on both punt coverage and kick coverages, we rely on him heavy on the special teams part of it. You remember, I think our first touchdown of the season against ULM came from him blocking a punt and either Deshaun Jameson or Jade Barron, I can't remember running it in, right? But either way, Keelan Robinson is somebody who doesn't complain about not getting touches, doesn't complain about his role on the offense. He just goes out there and plays hard, and he loves the University of Texas. And so he's one of my favorite players on the team. That's why I wasn't super mad when they used him the way they did against Washington. It was, you know, confusing. But I'm like, he's just a player that sometimes you got to reward with touches. And that game didn't mean a whole bunch in the grand scheme of things. You know, that wasn't to, you know, win the Big 12 championship that wasn't to send us to the playoffs it was just to end the season on a high note right so I'm glad Keelan Robinson got his touches and he'll get his touches this season because he doesn't complain about the lack of touches and he does everything he needs to do to help this Texas football team win one of the most selfless players on this team and one of the one of my favorite players on this Texas football team because all he cares about is putting the University of Texas on and winning football games you need people like that on your roster the last quote from Jeff Banks the last quote from Texas Media Days we knew when we got here that if we wanted to win a national championship, we were going to have to beat the SEC eventually. And I don't think he means this quote as just when we get to the SEC, right? If there was a chance the last two years or if there's a chance this year that Texas can get to the college football playoff and compete at the highest level for a national championship or when you get to the SEC, eventually you're going to have to go through Alabama, Georgia, LSU, or one of those top teams to get there, right? And they started building this team with that goal in mind in 2022, it was not like, oh, well, we're about to go to the SEC. Let's make sure the 2024 class has a bunch of beef in it. No, since the moment this coaching staff stepped on campus, they have been preparing this team to compete for conference championships and national championships at the SEC level. Right. That's why we've seen, you know, the influx of all of the, you know, big humans on the offensive line and the defensive line. Right. The way they've recruited at every other position, the way they have developed all of these positions, the way they've expanded their recruiting footprint just outside of the state of Texas, Louisiana, you know, California, Hawaii, New Jersey, you know, Florida, the list goes on and on. That is all in preparation to win at the highest level in the SEC and hopefully in the college football playoff. This staff gets it. I love everything they said, you know, at Texas Media Days. I couldn't get to everything they said at Texas Media Days, obviously, but all good things from this coaching staff. And I'm really excited about this season, really excited about the future, you know, under the guide of Steve Sarkeesian and really excited for fall camp, which starts today. And we'll have updates on that for the rest of the month as we prepare for, for September 2nd against Rice. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hook them. Hey.